knives, machetes, saws, and shears, multi-tools, shovels, swords, axes, spears, hatchets, and tomahawks. If it cuts, snips, slices, or chops, Midway USA has it. Find great gift ideas in our huge selection of pocket knives and other everyday carry folding knives. Make a statement or create a family legacy with one of our top-of-the-line hunting knives. We've got a great selection of manual and electric sharpeners, too. For just about everything for the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit Tacovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. This segment is brought to you by Jigmaster Jigs. When in doubt, get the jig out. Go to jigmasters.com and use promo code PNF20 and save 20% off your next jig order today. Hello, and welcome back to the Paddle and Fin Podcast. This is Adventures with Outdoor Woman, and here's your host, this is Susie Roloff. Hey guys, and welcome back to another episode of Adventures with Outdoor Woman. And of course, I'm Susie Roloff, and today have an awesome epic guest today. I've got Mrs. Jamie Stevenson from Ontario, Canada. Yes. <laughs> yeah. well, so Jamie, awesome to have you today. Thank so, you. Yeah. So uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, you know, uh, kind of how you got into kayak fishing, um, what you kind of go for. I know uh, you're a pretty avid walleye angler, but uh, you know, and you're also part of the Hobie fishing team. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, yeah, you know, give us a little bit of uh, background on uh, your, uh, yourself and your endeavors and yeah. Yeah. So my name's Jamie and I'm from Ontario, Canada. So I live right across the Michigan border Um, I live on a little waterway called the St. Clair River, which runs into Lake St. Clair. I'm sure a lot of you guys have heard about Lake St. Clair and the smallmouth and musky fishing. So yeah, (laughs) so that's where I live. I I love living here. It's such a great place to live. So close to the Great Lakes, really close to Lake Erie, really close to Lake Huron, a lot of great fishing around here. So Yep, I'm probably your first Canadian guest too. Awesome. Well, yeah, of <laughs> course. <laughs> you know, I've I've had some ladies from all across the nation. You know, I've had Florida, Texas. Um, let's see here, Kate's from Utah. 
Um, you know, I, I've had ladies from all over the nation so far. So yeah, but my first international guest. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, yeah, living, you know, right by St. Clair and the Great Lakes, it's just like, oh man, I can't even imagine like just the opportunities that you have up there. It's gotta be yeah. awesome. Every weekend, it's like, where am I going to go this weekend? It's a big decision to make every single weekend. <laughs> right. <laughs> so how long have you been into kayak fishing or fishing in general? Fishing in general, I didn't. We fished a little bit as kids. Um, my parents would take us camping occasionally. We would go fishing, but it's not something we did all the time. I didn't, didn't grow up fishing like a lot of the other people did, so I'm a little bit behind. Um, when I met, met my, uh, who is now my husband, we started going fishing together quite often. And the good thing with him is he didn't just take me fishing. He actually taught me to fish. And Aww. I think there's a big difference between the two. Like, I think a lot of guys, they want their girlfriends to fish, but they don't actually teach them how to fish. And there was a lot of cases where I thought he was being like mean, like he wouldn't help me like unhook the fish. He wouldn't help me bait my hook. But in reality, he was teaching me how to fish. So I have to be grateful to him for like all like pushing me to learn how to do everything on my own. Oh, that's so, awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so in 2010, uh, we moved to where we live now and we bought a boat together. And we would fish occasionally, but it's, we would fish quite often. But as time went on, I kind of wanted to fish more than he did or just at different times. So, and, but I didn't really start venturing off on my own until the winter of 2017. He bought me an ice shanty for my birthday. Oh, nice. So I, once I started ice fishing on my own, I was able to build up a little bit of confidence and at first I was just kind of fishing in my own shanty away from him and learning, you know, you know, how to be safe on the ice, drilling my own holes, things like that. And then I started venturing out, uh, going on solo trips, ice fishing. And that's really when I fell in love with fishing. And then once the winter was over, I was like, Oh, what do I do now? <laughs> <laughs> so then I started researching kayaks and I didn't even know like how big kayak fishing was when I, when I first thought of doing it, I was just like, Oh, kayaks, a great way to get out on the water without having to take a boat and without having to bug my husband all the time to go fishing. <laughs> right. <laughs> and I saw the kayaks with the pedals and I'm like, Oh, that's really where I want to start off. I really want to pedal. I don't have a lot of experience paddling. And, um, my husband saw a used ad for a 2016 Hobie Outback. Nice. And he's like, hey, I think this is a good idea. And it was kind of a little bit more than I wanted to spend. But at the same time, I knew that if I bought a pedal kayak, I would use it more often than not. So we picked up the used Hobie and I just fell in love. I got addicted. <laughs> <laughs> and I started off walleye fishing. And I taught myself how to vertical jig for walleye in the St. Clair River. And once I caught my first first walleye I was hooked I had to and I'm the kind of the individual where I hyper focus on things so I had to like become the best at vertical jigging that I could for walleye <laughs> so I was out there five six days a week just trying to catch these walleye and figuring out how to get better on at it and then um 
I started doing research. Like, I wonder if there's any like kayak groups or tournaments around. And I found um, the Ontario Kayak Bass Trail and I found KBF, Kayak Bass Fishing. And when I researched kayak bass fishing in 2018, I saw that they had these monthly tournaments. And I was like, well, that would, that would be fun. And then if once bass season opened here, because it doesn't open until the third weekend of June where I live, so we can't bass fish all year round. Oh my gosh. <laughs> How do you survive? <laughs> yeah. So there's an open season for bass. So, it, and it varies where you live on when it opens, but for us, we can't bass fish to the end of the end of June. So, and with the border being closed this week, this year with the whole COVID thing, oh, uh, we weren't allowed to go across the border earlier to a lot of the tournaments that we had planned on going to. Um, like the KBF tournament on Lake St. Clair, I really wanted to do that. And we couldn't, we couldn't cross the border. So and I don't even know if that, that event ended up being canceled. I'm not sure. Um, the, let's see here. I'm trying to remember if mm, it didn't get canceled or wait, hold on. There, uh, man, it's hard to remember now because yeah. there's like so many changes with everything. I know there was something on there. Um, was it, oh, it was the um, Border City Classic yeah, that was yeah. able to happen. But I think the KBF one, I think that one got canceled if I, or no. Uh, me, I can't even remember now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I did go to the Border City Classic. I did attend that one. So that was, that was awesome. good. So Yeah, so then I, my first tournament was uh, with the in-person tournament was with the Ontario Kayak Bass Trail in September 2018. So I spent all summer practicing bass fishing because I had never... I'd never targeted bass in my life. Like it was just kind of like a species that we occasionally caught. And I was like, oh, what a nuisance. Cause we were trying to either walleye fish or perch fish, you know, pan fish for dinner or whatever that night. Mm -hmm. So bass were kind of like a nuisance to us and we would just throw them back. <laughs> so uh, I had no idea what I was doing. And I spent like the first year just learning the basics. And then I had my first tournament in September, 2018 and had a little bit of beginner's luck and finished 12th out of 30 or something. Awesome. So, and I had gone weeks before the tournament, not even catching a single bass, like for weeks. Oh, man. <laughs> so, so then I kind of got bit by the tournament bug. And <laughs> so 2019, I was like, I'm going full speed ahead. So I bought, I upgraded my kayak to the 2019 Hobie Outback. Mm -hmm. which I still have. I absolutely love that kayak. It's a great, those Outbacks are great kayaks. Oh my gosh. They, yes, they are. Yeah. This year I'm in a pro angler. Now that I'm in a pro angler, it's like, oh, I can't, I can't not have a pro angler now. I just love <laughs> all the extra room. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. I know what you mean. Yeah. I was in my Outback for, well, not the same one, but I wasn't consistently in an Outback for like six years, you know, and it wasn't until, um, this year when I, you know, sold the Outback, you know, and upgraded to a PA and I'm like, whoa, yeah. <laughs> yeah. they're not ever going back. Are you? Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, I I'll admit, you know, there are some things that I miss about it. Um, yeah. the biggest thing, you know, being the, uh, the, uh, weight so it doesn't weigh as much as oh, a yeah. angler yeah. and then um its ability to kind of go on like you know like the the shallow rivers mm -hmm. like that you know I mean granted I'm not on rivers like rarely maybe once a year so you know in the big grand scheme of things you know it's not that big of a loss but 
what I don't miss about it is the seat and yeah. you know, not having horizontal rod storage. You know, like I love that about the pro angler now. Yeah, I know that is a great feature for sure. For sure. Yeah, yeah so 2019, I started a full tournament season and I um, did the 2019 Pan Am Kayak Bass Fishing Championship on for Team Canada. So I was able to do that fish in Tennessee for the first time. That was that was one of the biggest learning experiences. I learned so much on that trip. Um, it was great being able to fish as a team. And uh, from there, I just I traveled the Ontario circuit. And that's kind of what I'm doing this year, too, is I'm traveling mostly the Ontario circuit and doing online challenges through KBF and Ontario just to kind of qualify for events if I can travel to the U.S. and next year. Um, right. So, yeah, if I can travel to the U.S. next year, I've already qualified for the uh, national championship through KBF. So having the opportunity, you know, I like having the opportunity to pick and choose if I feel like going on a trip. It'll be like, okay, then I have the time. Maybe I can make it over. So Awesome. I know, yeah, COVID has definitely put uh, a big damper on a lot of things this year. You know, I mean, with uh, being able to have tournaments, you know, we've been lucky in that sense to have, you know, virtual tournaments in a sense, you know, where we don't have the the big meetups and whatnot, which is kind of a downer at the same time. It is, yeah. miss that camaraderie, you know, and get together with everybody. But at the same time, I'm like, well, I still get to compete, so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So. Yeah, but I'd have to say my first love is still walleye fishing. I don't know why. I just love catching those those things. So I'm out there all the time still catching walleye. But um, I've learned a lot in the last few years. I have to say I think I'm start, finally starting to get the knack of things a little bit more, especially when it comes to smallmouth fishing. So Right? I'm, oh, God. <laughs> I'm so jealous seeing you catch all those smallmouth, too, because, like, I fell in love with smallmouth fishing last year especially when I caught my personal best on St. Clair. I, I don't know if you remember that big fat tank of a small. Yeah. Tank. So what did it, what did it measure again? What did that um, measure? It was uh, like 19 and three quarters, but I mean like it, it was fatter than yeah. the catch itself and it weighed like five and a half, six pounds or something. It, it was a heavy, heavy smallmouth and just, oh my God. <laughs> I know in the last week I've caught some really, really big chunky smallmouth. And when I first catch them in the river, I think I have a muskie on the line. No, <laughs> <laughs> right? oh, no, it's a muskie. <laughs> Well, you've got some pretty big uh, pike up there, too, I've seen. Yeah, this spring, I kind of got a little tired of the walleye fishing after a while. So I was like, <laughs> I need to do something different. Bass season hadn't opened yet. So at the beginning of June, I was like, I'm going to start seeing if I can do some pike fishing. And so I, I, re I really love fishing for pike. You know, they get a lot of, you know, they're not a favorite species of a lot of people because they do stink when you get them in their kayak and stuff yeah, like that right. <laughs> you can lose a lot of lures but you know they are pretty fish they they put up a really really good fight and when you get a big one in the boat it's like it makes you want to do it a lot more so right I know yeah I mean like I I don't know uh if you measured I, I'd seen a couple pictures of one that you caught early this spring you know and I'm just like Man, if I could catch a pike that big, I would, like, be beyond myself. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know what? I don't measure the pike. I kind of want to, at that point, not worry about the whole 
um, you know, beating a personal best or, mm -hmm. and I, and you have to get the really big measuring boards when you right. get into fish that size. And it's just one more thing that I'll end up losing in the water or something like right. that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it's all about, you know, just having that experience of yeah, having fun. Fish. Yeah, exactly. Awesome. Awesome. Oh man. So, uh, tell me a little bit more about, um, I guess, you know, walleye fishing in a sense. Um, so, you know, you, you, took the time to kind of really hyper-focus on vert vertical jigging. Now, I'll be honest, I've never really, like, targeted walleye before. Like, I've caught them accidentally, you know, when I'm fishing for bass and whatnot, and I've trolled a little bit for them, like, maybe twice, but otherwise, I'm just like, I don't have a clue <laughs> about yeah. walleye fishing. <laughs> I would have to say it's the one thing that I feel confident enough to have an opinion on, but... <laughs> <laughs> Um, I actually, I did make a YouTube video about it too. Um, the 1911 is one of the most iconic firearms in history. Designed by John Browning, the 1911 was the standard issue sidearm of the U.S. military from 1911 to 1985. While Colt produced the original, almost every major firearm company has produced its own version. It's wildly revered for its reliability, crisp trigger, and is still a favorite for all types of shooters. Whether you're looking to buy or build a 1911, and just about everything for guns, log on to MidwayUSA.com. So vertical jigging for walleye. So the St. Clair River, it is a really fast moving deep river. So it's between, runs between Lake Huron and Lake St. Clair, if people don't know where it is. And it, it runs about 230,000 cubic feet per second. So it's very fast moving. Yeah. It's deep. So that is one benefit of the outback, I have to say, is when you're pedaling back up against the current to start your drift over again, because you're going to drift down, the outback is a little bit easier to pedal up the current. But I still do use my pro angler while I'm walleye fishing as well. So basically, the river pushes you down. And so your goal is you're using a jig head and the current is so fast in the St. Clair River, I'm using a one ounce jig head and a plastic trailer. So you have to make sure you keep your line completely vertical and you just slightly bounce it off the bottom of the, of the river. Oh. So as the river pushes you down, you just kind of like jig your rod up and down, mm -hmm. uh, depending on where you think the fish are in the water column. And um, yeah, you have a, there's, it's the biggest walleye run in North America. The, in the St. Clair and Detroit River system. Oh, so the wow. spring is, a, if you ever get a chance to come out on the Michigan side or even come over to Canada for the walleye run, it is a great, great experience. Ooh. So, And what time of year is that in the, in the spring, you said? In the spring. So this year I started fishing in March was the earliest I had started fishing. So you have to think of water safety and water temperatures yes. at that point because the water is very, very cold. Mm -hmm. um, so that is one thing you have to keep in mind is water safety, uh, fishing that early. Um, but it really starts picking up in um, April and May, depending on the water temperatures. Um, we've had really good years where it's been still really good in June. Like last year was really good in June. So it just depends on how quickly the water warms up. Gotcha. Awesome. Awesome. So now I know you're at the time boyfriend and then now husband kind of taught you you know, kind of fishing and everything too. What, um, what did you value most when you were learning from him? I know you had said a little bit about, you know, well, he, you know, didn't really show me how to take it off the hook or whatever, just kind of made me do it, you know, but what other things did he kind of teach you that you, uh, really, uh, um, you know, took to heart? 
That's a good question. That's a really good question. <laughs> I would say every single time we went out, whether I wanted to hear it or not, he would tell me like why we did things like uh, why we're fishing this deep and why this time of year we're fishing there. So he would kind of like throw out these little tidbits of information um, that sometimes thought like, oh, you're just trying to explain to me all the time and I just want to fish. But he kind of would give me little tidbits of information of this is why, say, if we're trolling in Lake St. Clair for um, muskie or something, why we're going to go at this speed or why we want to drip down the river at this speed when we're walleye fishing and pulling worm harnesses, things like that. So he really, even when we were ice fishing, it's like, um, you know, the, the bottom of the lake is like this here. So this is why I think the perch are going to be in this area. Oh, so wow. he was really, really good at like explaining the why, you know? So, and I think that was pretty valuable as well. Most definitely, you know, and I mean, you know, for speaking for myself, you know, I mean, my, my husband doesn't fish, you know, and mm-hmm. I, I've tried to get him to fish, but you know, sometimes there's just things that people just don't, you know, like or whatnot, which is fine. You know, because I'm afraid that if we did like fishing, it would just be a constant battle level. This is mine, not yours. Which is actually going to be another question for you here in a little bit too. But, um, you know, it, just to have somebody, you know, to like guide you and show you, I mean, like that that's just, that's awesome. I'm like jealous of it sometimes. Cause you know, a lot of stuff I've kind of had to learn on my own, mm-hmm. but you know, I've, you know, gotten to the point to where, you know, not only do I still ask and seek, you know, advice and opinions and help from everybody else, but, you know, being part of uh, the Women's Fishing Federation, too, it's just like, you know, I, I want to help, you know, be that person to help teach people, you know, how to fish instead of them just trying to go out there and learn it when nobody else is willing to do it type of thing. So yeah, and you do, you do a good job of that. Ever since I found you on social media, I've been like in awe of you. And like, uh, even your, you started using your jerk baits, I think the year you got I don't know if you started them, you got you hooked with a trouble. I was like, oh, she's using jerk baits. I wish I could do that. And now that I'm fishing with jerk baits, I'm like, oh, it's the only way I want to fish. <laughs> I know, I know. It's, it's so surprising though, too. It's just like how each year changes, you know, last year, like it was all about the jerk bait for me because it was just, it was working so good and so well. And this year it's just like, I feel like I've barely even used it, but a lot of it is because, you know, I'm not, in as uh, as many tournaments as what I had planned because you know Rona and everything and whatnot yeah. and I haven't really traveled to a lot of the uh, lakes and stuff that I wanted to go fishing like you know St. Clair and uh, places in Michigan um, I have used it a little bit in Wisconsin um, not as much as I wanted to um, but this year you know like my technique that's been working like amazing for me and that surprises me is just a texas rigged uh missile bait d-bomb and it's just uh. been like killer for me and i'm just like that's so crazy how things change from like season to season yeah i've started i've started texas texas rigging a lot more this year too and it has it has paid off and so right this is the year where i'm doing a lot of different techniques and Mm -hmm. so it's everything's been working so that's been really good all right. Awesome. Awesome. Um, but yeah, anyway, so yeah, I did want to ask you, so since both you and your husband do fish, so do you guys have, um, like, you know, 
you have your rods and he has his rods and his tackle and your tackle. Do you share or are you like, well, where'd you put my lure at? I just had it over here. <laughs> <laughs> well, he doesn't, he doesn't really bass fish anymore. So that makes it a lot easier. Um, he, uh, he did when he was younger. So I went through his tackle box and he had a really, really good tackle box from when he did bass fish. He had a lot of like, lures that you can't find anymore, like lipless crankbaits, poppers that aren't on the market anymore. So I stole everything in the <laughs> tackle box that was bass, that was bass related that he wasn't using anymore because he's not, he's not bass fishing anymore. So mm-hmm. that part of it's been great. So. <laughs> <laughs> so now we're at the point where he mainly like he'll, um, he'll fish for walleye in the spring and then he moves out to Lake Erie and he starts trolling with his dad and his friend for walleye and rainbow on Lake Erie and I hate trolling in a boat it is so boring it's like watching paint dry (laughs) so a lot of the tackle and stuff we're using now is separate we still fight over reels sometimes I'll sneak off I'll sneak some of the reels off and like put them on mine I'm like I just need an extra reel for this one thing (laughs) but other than that like the tackle bug definitely bit me I think I now I am up to 12 rods and I and I normally bring six with me six with me when I'm bass fishing six to seven sometimes it's hard to decide and (laughs) he used to store his boat in the front garage and I kicked him out he had to find somewhere new to (laughs) the store so now yeah now I have my own kayak cave so I've got my kayaks in the garage and my rods and all my tackle in there my little rigging area so I spend a lot of time in there rigging my rods and oh my gosh a she cave is so awesome right (laughs) yeah (laughs) it is that's so awesome yay (laughs) I know yeah and you know this year um like in past years you know I maybe took four five rods this year I finally and and with having getting more too um I think the max that I've taken with me at any one time has been nine so far I feel like that that was almost too much though I mean I I know some people take like 12 or 13 I'm like how 15 I know (laughs) I'm just like where do you even put all that because like I don't know if you've had trouble with this too but when I was in my outback I would have my crate behind me and have everything just you know standing up there so that limited me in the first place with how many rods I could take but then now that I'm in the pro angler you know of course you know you've got your horizontal rod holders mm-hmm. I still have trouble finding a happy medium if I like them better in the crate behind me or if I like them laying horizontally and it's just like I like having a clean deck that doesn't me too everywhere, you know, and I'm just like, how do you guys do it with like eight rods sitting on each side? Like like not catch stuff and get stuff everywhere. You know, I feel the same way as you. Like when I'm fishing, I end up with stuff everywhere as it is. So (laughs) I don't want the rods there and I'm worried that I'm going to break them if I keep them um, there. So I'm starting. I've started putting them all behind me. So right. I've reverted to that. But having the rod storage and the kayak for when you're traveling, if you're yes. just going, is is the best thing. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Best thing ever. It's just like, I'll stuff that thing full, you know, because <laughs> like I'll take extra stuff with me, you know, because yeah. I'm just like, you never know what kind of 
a situation you're actually going to be on when you get to the actual lake. I mean, you can study maps and look at, you know, Google Earth and whatnot. But then, like, once you actually get there, you'll be like, oh, man, I really wish I would have brought my frog yeah. and rod and you didn't or my ultra finesse rod and you didn't, you know, that type of thing. So, like, I'll bring extra, but the amount that I actually take with me usually is average like seven is like my max yeah. so far so. yeah me too me too <laughs> <laughs> so so it's yeah. funny it's funny though like I uh, occasionally I'll buy a new rod and I won't say anything to my husband and but he he has a tally in his head he'll be like you know yesterday I'm pretty sure you had eight rods and now I see nine and I'm like <laughs> oh no that one was there <laughs> <laughs> See, that's a good thing about Adam is like, you know, he, he knows that I have a lot of stuff out there, but like, you know, he doesn't know to like what extent, but you know, at the same time, he's just like, well, I don't care because it's your hobby and you love what you do as long as he can enjoy his hobby and get, you know, what he wants and he needs to. And I'm like, yeah, that's fine. So, you know, it works out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. We don't have kids. You can kind of spend right. that a little extra money on the rods that you want. So. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> so have you had any, I guess, like any crazy experiences in uh, on your kayak fishing adventures, like any uh, strange animal encounters or like uh, had like a really, I don't know, like funny situation happen or anything like that? Or maybe even, you know, um, safety wise, have you ever had a situation where you're just like, oh man, I, I should have really, you know, paid attention or this could have been a really bad situation or anything that you want to share? Um, safety wise, I've been pretty lucky so far. And mm -hmm. I know it's probably just a matter of time. I did lose my phone in a lake a couple weeks back in a, in an area that I wasn't from. So I lost my phone five hours away from home. Oh, no. And when you, and I learned a valuable lesson because I didn't have where the address of where I was staying written down. I didn't have any of the phone numbers of the people I was staying with written down. Luckily, I was with someone on the water, which isn't normal for me. Oh. And um, I didn't have any of that information written down. I didn't have a GPS unit in my car. Because I was using my phone all the time. Right. Big yeah. mistake. So now I kind of, when I'm traveling for tournaments now, I'm going to start writing things down. I'm going to, uh, phone numbers included, where I'm staying, bringing my GPS with me because, and not relying entirely on my phone. Mm -hmm. um, as for weird situations on the water, I, I find most people like interacting with people, most people 99% of the time are so curious about kayak fishing. They're so curious about the kayaks. They just have questions. And over here, people for 99% of the time are so nice. And they're not really shocked to see a female on the water as much as when I've traveled in the U.S. by themselves, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so I, I've... I've you Canadians really... are so friendly, eh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I do say a a lot. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I've only had one bad experience on the water with people, and I I don't think there were locals. I was fishing a bay that's attached to Lake Erie, Rondo Bay, uh, really early in the morning. I'd gotten up at three in the morning to fish the spot that I knew that was holding smallmouth, and it was a very narrow area. 
um, where, where there was a transition and people knew that the fish were sitting there. So I got up at three in the morning, drove an hour, made sure I was on the water at first light so I could be the first one at the spot. And a boat came along about 30 minutes into my fishing day. And they were like, oh, we were hoping to get here first. And I was like, yeah, well, I got up really early this morning to make sure that I was going to be here early. So they parked their boat right next to my kayak. And I was like, great, great. So I was like, I'm just going to ignore them. I'm not going to let it bug me. You know, let's just see what happens. So I started casting and the, and then right before they came up, they had seen me catch fish. So I started casting, casting, I caught a fish. So what they started doing is they started, they were casting in front of my kayak. They started casting, they started casting over me. They started casting beside my kayak to try to get me to leave. And I just, I was like, I'm not going to get upset because that's what they want. Right. And they're like, and then they asked me, they're like, how long are you going to be here? And I'm like, I'm pretty sure I'm not going to be here that much longer. And I said, I'm pretty sure there's enough room for both of us to fish her. Like we can share it. But no, they kept casting and casting around me for 10 minutes. And then finally they gave up. Oh, good. And then I was like, you know what? Right before they had came, I had already caught five, six fish. So I'm going to leave now because they're not going to catch anything after that right. spot was only good in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> so I would have to say that was, that'd be one of my most frustrating days I've had on the water. Yeah. But. Wow. I... At Midway USA, we know the AR-15 is one of the most popular rifles in modern American history. Known for its modularity and widespread use, it's often considered essential to any gun collection. The essential things you need to run an AR-15 are usually always in stock during shortages, things like magazines and 5.56 ammo. Whether you're looking to buy a new AR-15 or buy parts for your modern sporting rifle, log on and for just about everything for the outdoors, shop MidwayUSA.com. Right next to you, I can't, oh my gosh, I... (laughs) I've had people, now I've had people when I've been drifting down the St. Clair River walleye fishing, They'll, sometimes what they'll do if they see you catch a fish, they'll cut you off in front of your drift to try oh, to oh. get to the fish before you. And yeah. that's just ridiculous. There's so many walleye in that river. Right. There's so many areas to fish. Like, come on, guys. <laughs> right. You know, they're just jealous, you know, because you're just like, oh, that chick just caught a fish. Let's try to get in front of it. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like, what? Come on, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I know and, the, and now I'm starting to be recognized on the water too so that that's sometimes it's a little like and it's a, I am on social media a lot but I at the same time I hope that no one ever recognizes me <laughs> so they're like hey I recognize you from YouTube or Instagram and they'll strike but they'll strike up a conversation and so that's really good yeah that's definitely good yeah yeah just say like my I haven't really had like a, like a bad, you know, encounter like you have, like I've definitely had a bass boat who couldn't get to where I was cast their lures like right next to my kayak. And I just kind of turned and looked at them. I was like, you know, and they didn't, you know, pay any attention. So I was just like, I'm just going to keep fishing. I don't care. And so, you know, they, they were moving and got out of there, but I was just like, really? Like, what, what do you think you're going to do? Casting right next to me. Come on. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And then, um, 
I had put on a uh, seminar at uh, my local Bass Pro a couple years ago, and uh, after I was done, a guy had come up to me, you know, and he was, uh, I don't know, I'd say maybe in his 50s or 60s, and just, you know, he was just like, well, you know, you, you guys always like to say about how good you kayakers are, but the last time I was out at this lake, you know, there was a group of them, and they all went right across the water, right in front of me, and I'm sure that they did it on purpose. And I'm just like, whoa, hey, calm down. Like, no, <laughs> you know, so he was all yeah. about to make sure he shared his bad experiences with kayakers. I'm like, listen, you know, I mean... I'm sure if you just would have like asked them or said something to them, you know, you probably could have cleared things up, you know, and sometimes it's just, you know, simple things like that where it's just like, hey, you know, what's wrong with saying, hey, can you give me more space or hey, yeah. uh, you know, yeah. it's simple things like that, you know, but I'm, I'm sure there are people who don't know all the rules of the water, yes. right? If no one tells you, how do you know? And you find the same thing with the boat traffic as well. Yes. Um, there are guys who might only get out on the water a couple times a year. They don't know all the same rules that people mm -hmm. who are out there every weekend do, right? If no one tells you, you don't know. Exactly. So. Yep, yep, yeah. You can't, you don't always go in knowing the proper etiquette until you're actually like shown and told, you know, type of thing. And it's actually been good for me because when I was up in uh, Manaqua a couple weeks ago for the family vacation, we had a, um, we rented a pontoon boat and then uh, we had a couple jet skis as well. And being in a kayak and, <laughs> you know, having the boat traffic and the jet skiers, you know, I had to tell my family, I'm like, okay, if you see a bass boat just sitting there, stay away from them because they're yeah. trying to fish. <laughs> you know, they're like, what? Really? I'm like, yes. Oh, I know. <laughs> I swear every 16-year-old kid on this river has their own jet ski, and I just their parents <laughs> don't tell them. <laughs> I get so right. frustrated. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And they're just like, oh, I'm going to go do donuts around this kayaker and everything. And I'm like, yeah, no. <laughs> so... Oh my goodness. <clears throat> oh gosh, let's see here. Um what uh what do you have coming up as far as like tourney wise? Is there anything else coming up that you're looking forward to? So on August 15th, I have a tournament with the Ontario Kayak Bass Trail on Rondo Bay, which is a waterway. It's attached to Lake Erie. And so we're able to fish both Lake Erie and the and the bay side. So I'm looking really forward to that because that is actually a lake that I fish a lot. So I'm looking really forward to that one. I've struggled this year in most of my online or all, most of my in-person tournaments. I have not had as much luck as I have had the year before fishing um, the lakes east of here. There's like this lake chain area called the core of the lakes. So a lot of our tournaments are up there and those lakes are so foreign they're so different. They're more rocky. They're just a lot different than the Great Lake areas. So mm -hmm. I've sh I've struggled a lot in my tournaments learning those new lakes. But this lake I'm looking really forward to. I'm pretty sure, cross my fingers, I can get a limit by 9 o'clock is my goal. 9, 10 o'clock, I'm really hoping. Um, now I just need to find the big fish. I know there's a lot of uh, really chunky um, largemouth on that on that in that lake but they're they seem to be shorter and chunky more on average <laughs> than they are long but I have caught a few really good ones this year so I'm looking forward to that awesome in, in September I'm not sure what's going to happen because I do work on a farm so depending on how early harvest goes I might have one or two tournaments 
up east on near the core of the lakes, but not in the core of the lakes. Fishing up there, last two weekends of September, there's one with the Ontario Kayak Bass Trail. And the membership of the Kayak Bass Trail is growing. It's not a membership, it's just if you ever get the chance to come over here and fish one of these tournaments, um, the areas are beautiful. And they're starting to get between 60 and 80 people on average. So awesome. People are starting to notice like how much money can be won in these tournaments and more and more people are signing up. So if anyone ever wants to travel over here to Canada, it's beautiful. Um, You have the option to fish new lakes. So, right. I mean, you know, once, you know, the travel bans on the borders (laughs) open back up for us and everything (laughs) too. Now I got to ask though. So like here in the States, um, because of Rona and everything, um, we've experienced um, like a huge influx of people getting outdoors. So like when it comes to like, kayaking, bicycles, pools, uh, fishing stuff. You go into like a a Bass Pro or local tackle shop and you'll see sections that are just barren and wasteland. Are you guys experiencing the same thing up there too? The same thing. And when you talk to the local tackle shops, they have that extra added thing where they have to try and get things across the border. So the times right now to try to get things across the border, things are getting stuck at the border for like weeks and months like oh. so it's even harder for them trying to get stuff across the border right so, so they're experiencing all the same shortages because almost everything we get here is from the u.s right so it's, oh. they're struggling too and early spring a lot of the municipalities they got their boat ramps shut down and so a lot of people couldn't launch especially windsor area which is across from detroit Mm -hmm. They had shut down all the boat launches there. They had shut down the boat launches where I work. And so the only thing that was left was in the middle where I live. So a lot of people weren't working. So the traffic coming to our area was insane. Oh my gosh. I have never seen so many people on the water before, which is great. People are getting out fishing. Right. And the great thing you saw were the people who were being proactive about social distancing is you were seeing more men taking their girlfriends and wives out. (laughs) Right. So you saw that more often. They weren't fishing with their, most people weren't fishing with their friends. They were trying to be responsible and social distancing. So they were taking their family members out. So it was kind of cool. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 been really interesting, you know, because it's just like it's it's so awesome to see people, you know, putting their phones down because they're tired of hearing and seeing about, you know, politics or Rona or whatever else is going on. They're just getting outside and they're like, man, what is this awesome thing out here? <laughs> you know, it's just like their their eyes are finally being open to the endless possibilities of what the great outdoors can provide, you know, and a lot of that, you know, is fishing too. And, you know, I think next year we're going to see, you know, uh, kayak tournaments and kayak club numbers just explode. Cause I mean, every kayak shop, you know, anywhere that I've seen, they're like sold out. Yeah. And, you know, who knows when they're going to get their next shipment in. And when they do get their next shipment in, they're going to be sold out within, you know, a day or two. Because people have already put those orders in for those boats. Or, you know, once uh, the public hears, oh, yeah, you got a shipment in of these. And they're they're just, they're gone like hotcakes. You know, so, which is, you know, it's still good. Because, you know, I think people 
are going to see this opportunity, they're going to like, oh, I really love doing this now. I should have gotten into this sooner. And then they're going to get curious like we yeah. did when we first got into it. We're like, there's tournaments for this now? Like, shoot. <laughs> <laughs> so I definitely think we're going to be seeing, you know, the kayak fishing numbers, you know, grow definitely. So yeah, definitely sure. not a bad thing. You know, I mean, at the same time, too, I'm just like, I'm not used to there being a lot of people, like, coming I to know. my lake. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I like to have my quiet and solitude, but yay, there's also more people fishing. <laughs> <laughs> I know. And one of the things I want to get into more is um you know because I have been so focused on bass a couple years I the last past couple years I want to branch out even more to try and catch salmon like you are in the fall and I want to catch rainbow and I want to catch more multi-species so I really really want to catch a salmon and a rainbow trout I really want to, you know, get one of those big salmons on the line. And oh my gosh, honey! Oh, I could talk to you all day about fishing for salmon. <laughs> oh man, I am, I'm already really excited about it because I can you believe it's August? <laughs> I, I know the weather's starting to cool off here. Like the geese are flocking up, which means the fish are going to start schooling up more, getting ready. It's oh, it's crazy. Right? Yeah, we're having like a weird like cool spell right now, which I'm not complaining. You know, because we had 90s and, you know, like humidity, it felt like, you know, 100 plus. And yesterday, I think it got up to like 72. And I'm like, this is awesome. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) No. (laughs) But um, I know, but I'm just like, it's already August. And I'm like, that means salmon fishing is getting closer. I, you know, it, I look forward to that, like every single year, like ever since my first time, that first time you get that King salmon on there and it pulls you around. I oh. can't even imagine. Like, it must be like way more intense of a pull than a muskie. Like it must be way better than that. Like I, the biggest muskie I've ever caught is only ever been maybe like a, I don't know, like a 30 incher, you know, nothing too crazy. And I mean, it, it pulled me around pretty good. But like, and sometimes with salmon, it it can be, you know, a sleigh ride. And then sometimes you'll have them up, you know, in like a minute or two. It just kind of depends on how aggressive they are. But man, there, there, there have definitely been times where like, you know, you got one on and as soon as you bring it up to the surface, back down it goes. (laughs) It's just like, oh, here we go. I love that. Oh, I know. It's just like that, just that, that thrill and just that. Oh, it's so awesome. And the the great thing about, you know, salmon fishing in the fall for kings is just all you have to do is just troll. They're just, they're so aggressive and like, it just, oh, just, you just feel that rod go and you're just like, it's game on. Oh, I get all excited thinking about it. (laughs) That is on my bucket list. I want, I know a couple guys from um, the Windsor area have gone up to where you have, where you go uh, Uh on that river. And I know they've gone up. I would love to do that trip. I would love to do that trip. Yes. Oh, yeah, totally. I mean, you know, I don't know if things are going to get better by this September for the borders to open or whatever, but like so. next year, oh, yeah, you you better believe. And, you know, now that you've been talking about like the walleye run in the spring and I'm like, you know, since the NC isn't in the spring anymore. Hmm, yeah, yeah. I have to make a special trip, but I, I will have to look into getting a um, 
um, a dry suit. So, um, yeah. cause I don't have one currently, like I've, I've got like bibs and stuff like that, but like, if I'm going to be on like a, you know, a fast moving river and whatnot, I'm going to want to make sure that, you know, I, I, I know like the safety and stuff like that. It's just like, okay, yeah. yeah, I know better to, to make sure I'm prepared for that type of thing. For sure. So, yep. Yep. Awesome. Awesome. Um, so how did you, uh, how did you get on the Hobie fishing team? Uh, I was approached last year um last fall i think i was approached by folk marine so that is a hobby dealer here in ontario near the toronto area so they kind of got to know me through um through purchasing my kayak there the year before and through some of the other team members and i think it was just one of those things where the other team members that were on the team other hobby team members in ontario just saw my how much i loved kayak fishing like, I don't think it's, it's not something you can fake. Like I just, not only do I have a passion to learn, but I just, I just love fishing so much. Like I just could abandon the rest of my life, which I won't, but <laughs> right. I right. just love it so much. So they had asked me to represent them in it, which is, I was so grateful. Cause I, I just, it's one of those things where you always kind of like imagined maybe in 10 years, but like you just you put yourself out there and you network with lots of people and your passion just shows through like there's nothing I like kayak fishing consumes my brain power like there are times at work where I'm like okay you need to stop thinking (laughs) about what lures you're gonna tie on like you just you have to start focusing because you know you can make some pretty good big mistakes here so right yeah Yeah. have you have you ever had um like crazy tournament dreams Hunting boots are a critical component of any successful hunt. Whether walking a short distance to your blind or trudging miles through rugged terrain, your feet are carrying the load. Without the right boots, you could give up early and lose out on that trophy just over the ridge. At Midway USA, we make selecting boots for your next hunt easier. With just a few clicks of a mouse, you can decide on what's important, like waterproofing, insulation, size, width, and savings. For just about everything for shooting, hunting, and the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. Yes, all <laughs> the, the worst one is when you, you you think you I dream that I don't set my alarm and yes, and <laughs> yes, yes, or like I overslept through my alarm or something like that because I have done that one time. Mm-hmm. I actually overslept my alarm, and that was day two of the 2018 national championship. I slept through that alarm on day two, like I woke up and I saw how light it was. And I was like, oh, I like panicked. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, I was all upset and everything, you know? And I was just like, eh. yeah. <laughs> so, like, I made sure to like, you know, never do that mistake again. Cause like I have a smartwatch and uh, during tournament times, I'll actually wear it to bed because I can set an alarm on it. That'll wake me up just in case if like, maybe I didn't hit the alarm button on my phone, right? Or maybe I forgot to put AM instead of PM or, you know, something silly like that type of thing. But yeah, I've, I've totally had those crazy dreams. And then, um, uh, what was the weird one I just had the other day? I think, cause like after, after the, uh, the tip over incident, I know I've had some like weird kind of crazy dreams and, Adam will always tell me that I'm talking in my sleep and everything. Of course, I curse a lot in my sleep, too. (laughs) (laughs) But um, I know there was this one weird dream where I was, like, so worried about, like, you know, uh, like, 
not bringing enough fishing rods or, or something kind of along the lines of that. But I was just like, I dream about fishing all the time. I think about fishing all the time. Like, you know, at work, I'm like, you know, constantly on tackle warehouse, you know, I know. Or, right? like I watching know. tactical bass and just like, Ah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I love tactical, but I've learned so much from tactical. Oh my gosh. I think they're the best. Yeah. All right. They are. They are so awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Good stuff. Um, well, do you have any other sponsors um, or uh, anything else that you're involved with? Nope. That's it. So I'm just happy to be part of the Folk fishing team this year. So that's, that's it for me. So, which is fine. That's great. Um, I'm just happy doing what I'm doing, whether they're sponsors or not. So and that's awesome, you know, yeah. and I mean, it's, you know, it's always good just to, you know, kind of ease your way into everything, you know, because sometimes like opportunities will just show up when you least expect them, you mm -hmm. know, and it's also important, you know, to just not go too crazy, you know, right away. It's just like, you know, anymore, it's just like there, there's a lot of different companies out there that will sponsor and have pro teams, you know, for anybody, but then, you know, you really got to look at, well, is it actually a product I know and that I use and is it going to be in the best benefit for me? You know, what kind of stipulations are there and everything? Exactly. So, yeah. yeah, definitely yeah. a lot of different things to kind of look into and everything. And, you know, and also, you know, I like to tell people too, is just that, you know, to get a sponsor, you don't always have to, you know, be a winner or place in the money mm -hmm. or everything, you know, it, it's also about, you know, how you are as, you know, an angler and how you represent yourself out there too, you know, which well, for like, sure. yeah. you, you are, you're so awesome. Like your recent video, when you caught that smallie and just, you got so emotional, it was just like there, right there is just yeah. that, that, that passion, that joy and that drive that, you know, all us anglers share, it's just like, we, we've been there. We, we know that feeling. And it's just like, oh. <laughs> I know I couldn't, I couldn't post the whole video because there was a few, I was swearing way too much in that video because <laughs> I thought I had a muskie on the line. So I showed the video to my husband and I'm like, look, look what happened. And he's like, are you crying? He's like, why, why are you? And I'm like, I just got a couple tears, like leave me alone. Like <laughs> I was really excited. Right. <laughs> well, cause I had been struggling and struggling to catch smallmouth in this river struggling. And I finally started after two years, three years, putting the puzzle pieces together. So I was just so happy that I finally started to figure it out that I was like, it would just felt like a huge victory for me. So yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I, I'm no stranger to cursing and whatnot. I don't know if you had seen my uh, video I had posted. I made like a little montage. I did watch that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so like I, I bleeped out the F-bombs, but like everything else, you know, I kind of kept in there. But I was just like, you know, I mean... Like, I'm not going to kind of hold back. I mean, yeah, you know, F-bombs and stuff like that. I'm like, okay, I am going to beep those out because I think it's just funny to have them beeped in there for one thing. <laughs> but, you know, I'm just like, I'm I'm just, I'm going to start, you know, showing that. And I, I was actually really afraid to, like, start recording myself just because, like, I'm so, yeah. just, like, self-conscious, you know, and body conscious and everything. And I'm just like, oh, you know, like. And it just feels, it feels weird. And I, like. I know I had a really hard time with it too and it feels weird 
And, you know, when you're on the water, people see that you're recording yourself. So you're thinking in your head, what are they thinking about me? Because I'm yes. recording myself. Right. Yep. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. And my dad watches my videos and he keeps saying, you need to talk to the camera more. And I'm like, I know I do, but it feels weird. <laughs> right. You know, and that's the other thing too, is that I've had people tell me, they're like, you need to talk and say what you're doing. I'm like, I know. And like the first time I was recording, I actually forgot that I was recording. <laughs> Which in that one part where um, I'm going to net the fish and the lure comes flying back at me, like I completely forgot I was recording at that point. Like, I'll be honest, because I was just like, it's in the net, it's in the net. <laughs> <laughs> I laugh every time I watch it I'm like, I just need a dork and beat myself. <laughs> yeah. And I know, and I, I put a lot of videos out there and sometimes, you know, smaller videos. Sometimes I get a lot of a criticism of how I do certain things. But at the end of the day, I'm still learning. And, you know, the beauty of the video and watching yourself on video is you recognize the mistakes that yes. you're making. I don't need anyone to point out to me the mistakes I'm making because I'm seeing the video myself and my husband's watching it. And we talk together about things that I need to correct, whether it be netting and things like that. So, like, I'm, a, I'm aware and I'm not afraid to put those videos out there at all I'm not embarrassed like why would I right. care I'm, I'm not trying to be perfect or anything I'm enjoying myself so so there is still that negative criticism but eh, what can right. you do yep exactly yeah you know at the end of the day it's just like you know there are going to be those people who are just gonna be like well you're not doing this right or you should be doing <laughs> this way I'm like well I'm sorry you think that way you know but I'm just gonna do me so yeah <laughs> exactly <laughs> So, but yeah, um, I've definitely got some, um, uh, footage when I was up in Monaco, I have like six hours of footage that I still have to figure out how I'm going to edit, which I've been kind of avoiding. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. It is, you know, and that's the thing of it too, is just, um, you know, realizing how much time and dedication there is to editing videos. And, you know, I'm still working on figuring out a program to use, um, I've had a couple of people suggest um, like Adobe and whatnot. Um, I just have like a little free program that I downloaded on the laptop. Um, but the problem is with the laptop is it doesn't have very good a processing speed. So when yeah. it's just to even play this certain clip, it's like sitting there loading. I'm like, come on. So <laughs> I, um, Adam's desktop was uh, down for a while. We were waiting for that to get fixed. But now that that's finally working, um, I can definitely start using uh, his computer yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, to start uh, editing and stuff like that. So good times indeed. Um, but yeah, so I know you've got uh, Instagram and a YouTube channel. Um, you want to tell everybody what those are? Yes, yeah, so you can follow me on Instagram. I would say I'm the most active on Instagram. So follow me on Instagram at Northern Kayak Angler. So Northern Kayak Angler. And that's the same name as my YouTube channel and my Facebook page. So you can join my journey of learning how to bass fish every year and the great walleye fishing. And in the winter, uh, ice fishing is still my first passion as well. So <laughs> that's awesome. I'm kind of, you know, I, I've never actually, I've like ice fished like ever once. Um, the problem with where I live is that um, we don't get um, freezing like we used to. So yeah. we'll, we'll have lakes that'll freeze a little bit, but they don't stay frozen long enough to really 
have like an ice fishing season per se. We'd have to go up like way to Wisconsin to uh, get to frozen lakes and whatnot. But I've always been curious about trying it. It's just, I don't like the cold. <laughs> yeah, neither do I. Once you buy the right clothing for it, I don't fish outside. I have a hut. I have a heater. Like, so <laughs> I'm not cold when I'm fishing. I'm sitting in my shanty in a sweater, drinking coffee or tea and just enjoying the time with myself. So my husband and I were, we just love ice fishing so much. We ended up buying an ice airboat a few years back. So we have, so they're, they're quite popular around here and it's the safest way because the ice was the same way as you. It's not as cold as it used to be. So the ice, there's times of the year where the ice isn't safe. And every winter you see people go through the water nonstop, whether they're walking, four wheelers, snowmobiles they just make bad people love ice fishing so much they make the worst decisions so we (laughs) decided to that we were gonna buy an Argo but then we decided to go and buy an airboat to get out on the ice just we love ice fishing that much and so what exactly is an airboat is it like a big I guess it would be like the equivalent of like Florida Everglades fan boat kind of deal yeah yeah but ours is actually enclosed and heated a little bit so but there are guys with completely open air boats and so they're driving in like minus 20 temperatures fast with the wind blowing in their faces and I'm like oh that looks awful (laughs) right Uh, well, yeah, I'll definitely have to uh, check into next year once, you know, Rona's calmed down and everything, yeah. making a trip out there and experiencing a real ice fishing trip. <laughs> yeah. So, awesome stuff. Well, Jamie, it has been an awesome pleasure getting to talk to you today. Uh, is there anything else um, you want to say before we uh, cut off for today? I know you uh, put in your uh, Instagram and YouTube channels here. Uh, anything yeah. else you got for I us? I just want to say thank you to you. I've always wanted to meet you, even if it is over camera. I'm a big fan of you and love yeah. everything that you're doing out there. So just keep being you because I, I just love watching all of your stuff and following you. So thanks for letting me finally meet you. I appreciate it. Thank you. And I'm so glad you could be on uh, with my show today. So, yeah, thank you. Awesome. All right, guys. Well, that is it for today. So, we are going to sign off and I'll see you on the next adventure.
Join me, Chef Jean-Paul Bourgeois, and the whole crew here at Duck Camp Dinners every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. Birds up in the sky. A life that has the stories to back it. A life to be proud of. It's a Winchester life. Yeah, baby. 6-8 Western. Oh, I'm the there, baby. Right there. Tune in every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV.